Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Do The Thing Dating Experiment. Okay, guys. Well, here we are. Another episode. As you know, this is still just a beta podcast. I have no idea if this is going to be something I'm going to continue doing or if I'm just going to do the 10 episodes and let it sit in its happy place that it is. But as I'm moving, I'm just really enjoying the interviews and getting to talk to the different people that have come on so far. And I just recently brought on Dr. Nancy DeAndrade, and we got to talk about why setting a vision for your future partner is really good and not actually thinking of what you don't want, but thinking of what you do want. And then I also just decided to bring on another amazing do the thing expert, Kate Middleton, who's here with me today, who is a somatic therapist. She's also an authentic relating facilitator. And I've actually worked with her directly for about a year, maybe over a year now. And it's been amazing getting to know her. She is one of the do the thing experts. She's been a part of do the thing from the very beginning. And I always have her come on the Do The Thing podcast whenever I have questions or different things that I want to work on. And so I thought it was perfect to have her come on this new podcast because as I've been doing these interviews, I'm starting to learn more and more about the power of something like this could be. And whether it's in this podcast form or in some other form, I just felt like it was worth it to explore it with her. So I'm excited to welcome Kate Middleton to the show. Hi, Kate. Hey, this is fun. I'm excited for this conversation. I know I always get so excited to talk to you because I feel like new things open up and then we just never know where it's going to go. And it always ends up being in a really great, <laughs> in a really great place. So I'd love to start off. So here's the thing. So we basically, you know how I have the Do The Thing singles community. And the interesting thing, I was thinking about this this morning. You were part of it from the beginning when I did the Do The Thing Dating Dare panel episode back in, I think it was May or June of last year. And I just wanted to do a simple dating dare challenge because I was tired of people being on the apps and just the amount of negativity that was stemming from that and how it was so depleting and exhausting. And so I was excited about helping people get out of their comfort zone and teach them a new way to date. And since I did that challenge, I did another one that was similar. I started to notice that they needed more. They needed personal growth. They needed to get to the top of feeling good about themselves in order to meet someone where they are. Because yeah, you could meet someone when you're depleted and you're exhausted, but that person just might not be the best person for you to meet. You want to meet them when you're high up there. So anyway, so that's where the things have expanded in the community. It's now a do the thing singles community and we do different personal growth challenges inside the group. So let's talk about just the benefits of what something like this could do and just see what feels alive for us as we're talking. So one of the benefits that I am loving is this idea of the vision casting. It's something I did right before I met my boyfriend. I had gotten off. I was on dating apps for like six months. I did have a good time. I enjoyed it because I hadn't dated for 20 years. I was married. And before that, there was no apps. So it got me practice to get back out and date again. But once I got tired of it and I got exhausted with it because, I mean, it ended up being the same thing over and over again. The guys were saying the same thing. I got off. I wrote down this list of what I was looking for in a partner. Two weeks later, I met my boyfriend. So that was one thing I was thinking would be really powerful about just having someone come on here and being able to talk about what they want. So I'd love to just kind of explore that with you first. Yeah. Yeah. I love this idea of getting clarity around what you actually are wanting from a partner and in relationship. And 
with that, I think vision casting for oneself is really important too. So what are you living up to? What are you bringing to the relationship? What do you actually have to offer? And that could be done as a your now self, present moment self, and the self you are becoming or striving to become and to bring into relationship. Because it's really easy to do this sort of one-sided manifesting or visioning for this idealized other to show up in our lives. To me, it's imbalanced if we're not doing the same for ourselves. Yeah, I love that. So pretty much you're getting into a a vision of what you are going to bring to someone else and what you want for yourself in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you suggest somebody does that? Well, I would I would start with taking stock of, okay, who are you now? How are you showing up in your life? What are your strengths? And what do you have to offer or to bring into your relationship? So it might be for someone that they are playful and spontaneous and a yes person, just making that up. That's something that they bring. And then also take stock of what else are you bringing to the relationship? What are some of your sticky spots or baggage, if you will? I don't really like that term, but <laughs> we all have some history that that we bring into relationships. And, and it's worth knowing what yours is so that you know what you can actively be working on. And then it's also helpful to know what's yours you're bringing in so that you know who to actually partner up with. And someone who perhaps triggers all of your patterns is maybe not the ideal person for this moment in time. Yeah. So it's just that idea of getting to know yourself in such a deep way. So then you're able to identify how you show up and then what you're bringing in. So then when you do meet that person, you're able to see your side of where things are, not necessarily always looking at what they're doing. Absolutely. And I think that dating gets a little romanticized by reality TV shows and things like that. And it's really worth taking an honest look at yourself and at these other people that you are interested in getting to know and relationally, because it can be hard and awkward and uncomfortable And all of that can still lead to an amazing relationship, but it doesn't have to be this perfect person waltzes in who fits your every point on your manifestation vision board. Yeah. And so after we've done it for ourselves, and we're really kind of looking and owning our experience and who we are and what we want for ourselves, now how do we bring in the other person? How, where does that come from? Yes, there's this owning our own experience of who we are and how we can show up and who we are aiming to become. And then looking towards this other that we want to be in partnership or we want to invite into our lives. Consider what qualities you want to be with and be around And with some of that, it's worth considering what might complement your own. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. I believe that in intimate partnerships, we need both resonance and polarity. So resonance being there are similar things we like to do and experience together. 
shared values, things like that. Polarity being contrast, opposition. And I don't mean opposition in terms of conflict, but I mean it in yin and yang to create spark and some form of of charged atmosphere, like excited atmosphere in the relationship. So when you're considering this other, you can think of the type of person you want to be around, the type of person that compliments you and you might compliment, what both excites you and balances you. And this is a tricky one because if you're deep in your own patterns, what excites you won't necessarily be what is best for you and for the other. So there's got to be a balance of, do you feel regulated or stable in the presence of this other? Or do you feel sort of hijacked by nervous system imprints? And how can you start to gauge in yourself your response or reaction to another? A little bit of a racy heartbeat is okay. That could be excitement. But if you find that in the face of another, you're constantly filtering your truth or minimizing yourself and your experience, then that might not be the ideal person. So you're looking towards who you can be you around and who you can become the best version of yourself with. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I feel like so many people are trying to filter themselves. And I see this all the time in the different groups that I'm in. It's like, oh, he texted me this. What do I say back? Or oh, how many days before I can blank kind of a thing. And it's just to me, it's this is where dating can be so much fun because it could be a playground is the way that I'm liking to put it because you have no risk, right? If you have the the courage mm-hmm. to show up as who you are, then you're going to be able to self-select the people that aren't the right fit. And so that's why in my mind, I'm like, man, if you could just get to know, like you said, what you want for yourself and then what you want for another then you're showing up as your true self. You can act as if you don't need to ask someone's advice on when you should call or what you should say or how blank you should blank, you know, kind of a thing. You're going to come up with that yourself because it's going to be from where you're coming from in your own body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And with that, I think it's totally okay and very normal to spend three hours composing a three-line text message and to get in the head a little bit and that often just means that we care about something and want to come across and in the best way possible. But then it's also important to hold that with, okay, am I trying to be something other than myself here? Am I actually being a genuine version? So there's authenticity. And then there's there's sort of living into your best version. And I think it's important to hold both in dating, though I do have this little fantasy idea about a dating app where you put your worst pictures and you start with all your worst qualities and then it's only up from there. (laughs) I love that. But since we don't really do that, there there is an element of trying that I, I think can be okay. It's like wanting to present ourselves well. But then there's a fine line between when that crosses over to trying too hard or to hiding parts of ourself. 
Well, and then also asking another, I feel like it should be, I'm okay with you trying, but it should be something you're coming up with, not where you need to ask a million people for their advice on what to say back pretty much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That would be a great experiment in itself. Okay. With one person that you are going to date, you're not allowed to outsource any of your communication or choices. And you just have to go for it and make your own decisions and see what happens. I actually, I love that. And I love that you use the word outsource. That's great. Yeah, I'm totally there with you. So great. Well, so this is good. So you're pretty much, number one, getting to know yourself in a deep, deeper way. Who are you now? How are you showing up? And what do I have to offer? And then you're looking at another when you're vision casting and you're thinking of what qualities do I want to bring into my life? What do I like to do? And then also recognizing when that person might be activating an old pattern and being able to identify that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you like the idea of them just writing it all down or putting it on a board or is it just however it feels like it flows, do you think? Writing has always worked well for me. That's my go-to method. It helps me to organize my thoughts. And I think it works in that way for many people. So I would suggest writing it down in a journal. My favorite is actually for this kind of thing to get a big, big sketchbook, one of those artist pads, the really, really large ones so that you can go all over the page with it. And some people like to mind map or just doodle or have different columns. And I I work in that way. And to have fun with it. So to make a night or an afternoon out of it and play some music and maybe do it with a friend or two Uh, So it can be a playful thing. And I think that is really important also to bring into into dating is an element of play. This gets to be an exploration in yourself and in relationship. And not everyone you meet is meant to be your forever person. And in fact, everyone you meet is a great learning opportunity and might just be meant to be in your life for one day or three weeks But there is an element of play that can be woven into that of, oh, how do I get to know myself through this other? How do I get to offer them something through these interactions with me? And then I think the other benefit of doing something like this is we're so designed to see this one page view of someone. And I realized as I was moving with this podcast that I've already done something like this before. When I owned my staffing company, I would recruit and interview people and I would get a resume and I could never just look at the resume to see who the person was. I would always want to talk to the person because it's so hard to understand who someone is from just this one page thing. And I feel like we're doing that now with the dating app. And then also, let's say they're not on an app. I was at a party the other day. And there's all these amazing people that are single there. And you could just see and it's not that they're they're not putting on a show, but there is sort of a show in place, right? When you're at an event and seeing these people one night, you can only show so much of yourself when you're meeting people for the first time. There's always some layer up there, right? And so just kind of wondering by them being able to reveal themselves in a way like this, how do you think that benefits? Well, one, it gives them permission to show up more authentically in other areas of their life and to get comfortable with it and to start to recognize that their belonging is not threatened by being more real. And I also think that 
it helps them to find a sweet spot in a vulnerability. And there is such thing as oversharing. It happens a lot on the social medias. All you need to do is go on there and scroll and you'll find someone's entire story who you've never met before and all into the nitty gritty detail, which is great for some. It really works for them. But for others, it's actually too much information too fast to take in and to feel safe in the connection. So I think there is a sweet spot of finding, okay, how do I know when it's safe for me to open up more and to reveal more? How do I actually gauge when the other person is open to it rather than dumping all of my stuff immediately onto them? That's a bit of a harsh word, dumping, but (laughs) (laughs) letting them with my whole backstory. And I think there's also an art to bringing a little bit of mystery into the relationship and for a gradual opening that is sustainable. So play with what elements of myself do I normally hide and can I bring more out into the open in these social situations? And what things are for me until I really feel ready to share them? There needs to be an element of earned trust, I think, before opening completely in relationship. And if that's not there, that vulnerability can really backfire. Yeah, very true. And then I'm also wondering, so when I'm interviewing them on the podcast, I'm pretty much one of the rules is we don't want to talk about your past relationships or your dating. I want a general view of that stuff, but we're not getting into the details. We're more thinking of what do they want. It's been fun because they've been sharing even what their ideal date would be. And it's anything from so far miniature golfing to horseback riding to a thrift store or maybe even going to the bookstore and reading a book. So it's kind of cool because now they're sharing things that are even just these non-traditional ideas of dates. And so just kind of wondering what benefits that would have on them by being able to sit there and just even have that conversation with me and then revealing themselves. And just to give you some context, one of the people had said, I'm only doing this because I want to have this conversation with you and get to know myself better. And then also listen back to kind of hear where I'm at right now. Yeah, great. Well, I think these kind of conversations really help us to organize our own thoughts. And sometimes when they're just all jumbled inside, it's hard to to even know what we want or what we're looking for. So one is getting clear on desire and giving yourself permission to have desire and to want what you want in the ways that you want it. And I love you going to this ideal date and for some people it being a, a bookstore or or something that's different than just going out for a meal. And so in that, there's this practice of recognizing you have desire and it can lead you to great things. It actually is here to lead you towards what you're wanting more of. And it's okay to voice and to follow that. And sometimes it'll lead you a little astray, but you can come back on track. So there's this giving yourself permission to want what you want and actually putting that out there, vocalizing it, putting it out into the world so that, and this might sound a little woo, but the universe can pick up on that or even other people can pick up on that. There's that element. And then not bringing past relationships into it 
helps someone to recognize that it can be different now. It can be designed and they can design really their ideal relationship that they're stepping into. And I say ideal, but not idealized. So I really don't think there's such thing as perfect. And there's going to be challenges in every relationship. Any sort of authentic, vulnerable relationship is going to have challenge. But you can get clear on what you want without having to go back and bring in the the shadows of the past. Though I will say... It is necessary to alchemize some of those past challenges or patterns or imprints if you don't want them to show up again in future relationships. So when considering what you want, you don't have to necessarily go back to the past, but then in new relationship, you're probably going to have to work through some of the things that showed up back then that will resurface now. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I've been saying on this podcast is that's so amazing about having had a past relationship because most of the people that are coming on have been divorced. And when you have that relationship that you've then gotten past the grief and then you've gotten space from it, there's just so many learnings that can happen there that you can then bring into a new relationship. And until you can actually, like you said, own your experience, that's when it really helps it not show up in future relationships, or at least recognize when you see it happening again. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would also love to share, because I was kind of looking, as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, I was looking at some of the comments that I've already gotten from just even them seeing the podcast. And I would love to just share a few of them, because I think there's something really powerful happening here. And I noticed this with you when we did the authentic relating training is I felt connected and not alone. And I feel like that's what this also is doing. So I'm just going to read a few. So Norma had said, I seem to resonate with bits and pieces of everyone I listened to so far. And then Colette had said, wow, Deb, what a great interview. I felt like I was listening to my own voice. And so this is a side of it that I wasn't even completely expecting was that idea of people getting to hear somebody and what they're looking for and then them being able to almost feel connected. Yeah, absolutely. There's a quote. It was about an artist, but it it was like the more personal a piece of art, the more universal. And it seems to be in dating the same. The more personal of these situations or scenarios, the more universal. There are so many more people experiencing similar things than we think. And I think it's really helpful to recognize that there's actually community or belonging or membership in the things we feel most alone in. And it's like a, a Buddhist practice, a compassion practice, a meditation when when you're deep in the suffering or in the challenge of something to consider all the other people going through what you're going through in that moment and offering love and compassion to them and being included in that. But I think that's what this is doing too. It's recognizing the sense of community through what we might feel most alone in. Yeah, I really like that. And I think that's what happened when I was at your training too, is it just, and it wasn't even always the same thing. It was just seeing the different things. And I remember there was one time, I don't know if you remember me telling you this story, but someone 
something with her mom was connecting to me as a mom and she had shared a story about her mom and it connected with me as a mom. And so sometimes it's even that you don't even realize what it's going to be once you are kind of in that moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to hear if you have any thoughts for just really good questions. I know I messaged you and you gave me a couple ideas, but just since we're having this conversation now, is there anything else that you think would be really good for me to ask someone as I'm getting them to reveal this piece of themselves and then also in what they're looking for in a partner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think my questions are pretty simple, but I would love to know what excites or lights someone up when thinking about a potential partner and experiences they would be having and sharing with them. Because I think if we really get down to the core of being in relationship, it's like, what is it for? For connection, for shared experience, for being in life together. And so what kind of experiences are you wanting to share? What kind of support are you wanting to receive and offer? Even getting clear on turn on what what things actually light you up and and turn you on and are you excited to explore with another? And you could ask them that or that could be for their own <laughs> inquiry if that's a sensitive or vulnerable topic to touch upon. And I like to bring in both sides, both poles of, of conversation and maybe what feels scary or daunting or what makes you a little nervous about entering into relationship and having the very human conversations too, because I think it's helpful to to bring those parts, those sort of shy or nervous parts to the surface too. And that's not to say the the core wounds need to come up in the conversation, but to acknowledge that with the excitement and the openness, there's also some, probably some apprehension and there's connection in that too, or universality to that too. Yeah. And I like that you also said that whole self-inquiry part, because in my mind, if I decide not to continue on with this podcast, or even if I do, and I just can't interview everyone, they can pretty much take what I'm asking and do it for themselves. So then they can get into the practice of really understanding what they want, both for themselves by understanding themselves and then also with another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear if there's anything else coming up for you as we're talking today. Well, what just came up for me was actually something, a question around the apps and Curious, are you and what you're doing still encouraging people to stay off of apps or to sort of do an app sobriety period? (laughs) Yeah. So my theory on the apps is if they haven't dated yet and they're just having trouble getting out there, then I think the app is a great way. But I would set a time limit and say, I'm going to do it for three months just because then you're flexing the muscle of just dating and having fun, but really making sure they're not taking it personally either way. And then after that, I do suggest really for them not to be on them. But if they do go on them, because I think it's still hard for people, that's why I was thinking this could be something they could even link to their profile as a way mm-hmm. to almost help them people see them a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So what was coming up for me was just something around if you are going on the apps, can you be the same person? 
online as in real life? Like, how can you use that as a filter and how you show up and how you present yourself? Because online versions of ourselves are rarely that similar to our in-person or they're they're just little aspects of ourself, the the avatar, if you will. So there's that. And the next thing that's coming up is probably going to sound contradictory, but it's stay open to people who you might not consider and see what there is to appreciate in that other and learn from and notice how you feel in the presence of them. Because sometimes we rule people out because it's not what is familiar, but it could actually be where a deep and meaningful and lasting relationship could happen. Often when it feels safe or there's stability, a lot of us are like, oh, that's boring. And so try not to write off people before you have explored what is good about them and you in connection to them. And then also start to trust your your responses and your desire and discernment in connection. And if you get a clear, no, no, thank you, that's enough, then you can honor that. And so it's like, stay open, get curious and trust yourself and your bodily response. You've just finally put a word to something that I've been exploring is there's so many people that have their type and they won't date someone that's outside of their type. And I didn't think of it in that way of that's why it's so hard for them because it's familiar to them. And I love that idea of kind of noticing that. Is this because it's not familiar? Is that why I'm not interested? And then, like you said, being more open and more curious because that could be the person you've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'd love to hear your number one piece of advice for people on doing the thing in terms of dating. My number one piece of advice would be let yourself be human. Don't try and be perfect or perfectly presentable at all times. And with that, have fun with it. Find the playfulness in being a little messy. Think of a little kid who just wants to jump in puddles or get all muddy. Let yourself get a little muddy. Get a little messy and have fun in doing that. I'd love you to share where people can find you and learn more about you. You can find me on Instagram. I'm at Kate Middleton Yoga. And that's also my website, katemiddletonyoga.com. I really love to hear from and connect to the people behind the screen. So you can reach out to me with your questions, concerns, comments, whatever you want. I'm here and would love to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you and really value when we're able to have this time together. I always get to listen back to it too. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> well, thanks for making all of this happen. I love these conversations with you. And for the listeners, thank you for joining the Do The Thing Dating Experiment. Here's to meeting people in a whole new way.